Welcome to the first official Wave Riders podcast. I'm Evan Z. I am Ryan Stewart. And we are pretty stoked to be here. Amen. We got our first episode coming at you hot. Our boy Andrew Boyle, drummer extraordinaire. Yeah, we had a, a really great and meaningful musical hang with that guy. Yeah, I met Andrew when I was at USC, and he was, I think, a couple years older than me, and mm-hmm. definitely had that top dog reputation. He just has this natural intuition to where we're going, and, and so much so that we kind of we might have played too much. Yeah, <laughs> both me and Evan just forgot to set up this guy as a soloist. <laughs> he is a beastly drum soloist, and really masterful with forms, and yeah. listen to how he kind of naturally sets sections up, and yeah. and calms them down, and kind of encourages us to play as if we had these forms set up when in reality it was all improvised. Yeah, on this uh, episode, I'm using my Dreadnought, and with that guitar, I really like bringing it down a whole step, and it really brings a unique character, especially when we threw some verb on it yeah. throughout the episode, which is pretty <laughs> tasty. <laughs> and I'm on the Bory's B120, which is an archtop jazz guitar. Uh, blended with uh, amp sound that's a bit more on the blues side of things. And Andrew brought just like a miniature drum kit with just a kick, snare, and a hat. And we just were all right here with the super minimal setup and a lot of bleed. And what you're hearing is pretty close to the sound that happened right in this room. Yeah. All right, we had an awesome time with Boyle. We think you guys will really enjoy it. We have some several good jams and some good conversation. It's definitely going to be back soon, but for now, please enjoy this first episode of the Wave Riders podcast. We are rolling. Whoa. We are rolling. Monday morning, ten oh five a.m. We are recording, my friend. That's it what is, that's what rolling means. It is. That's what rolling means. <laughs> I just wanted means. to let everyone know. <laughs> yeah, the layman rolling. Yeah. <laughs> any non-musicians in the audience. <laughs> Andrew Boyle is joining myself, Ryan Stewart, and my friend Evan Z. First official guest of the Wave Riders podcast. Right. I don't think we could have got a better one. Oh, hey, we got lucky man. Guys. Thanks for having me, you guys. Let's get to playing. Let's play Let's something. What are we feeling? We got to start with the blues, man. Start with the blues. <laughs> Come on. How much... Thank you. 
Very nice, gentlemen. It's <laughs> fun. Good morning, LA. <laughs> you know the the. <laughs> I just thought about how the other day we were just saying how whenever someone says funky, I get to my guitar and I go. <laughs> and I was like, that's exactly what we did. As soon as we we got to a funky groove, I always go to this. <laughs> that dotted quarter, dotted quarter, then Dude, on four. That's it, like uh, that's like the the Jameson beat. Oh really? Oh, dude, it's like the it's That's the James and so good. <laughs> Wait, so it's been the Jameson beat. Uh, uh, kind of just want to play now. <laughs> <laughs>
had to, I was trying to call that ending just because my hand was dead. I couldn't keep playing. At first, I was like, we got to end it. That was two back to back. Yeah. So, Tasty so that was the Jameson beat. So there's this uh, R&B singer that I play with, uh, Jameson, <laughs> J-M-S-N. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I was first like shedding for that gig, I was like learning all the songs and you know making charts. I was like, okay, cool. This beat is like boom, boom, cap, boom, <laughs> and then the next one. <laughs> I'd like write that out, you know, and then I'd come to the next song and be like, okay, this one's like, boom. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it just was funny. Like it worked out that like, it basically was like a 90 minute set of that beat. And like, that was my job, you know, it was just playing that beat. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because that didn't feel funky to me, but I brought up that beat as my go-to funk rhythm. Yeah. Right. But that was like. I mean, yeah, not funky. It was just it's like R and B, more of a sway. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. Got slow, bum, bum. sexy dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my wrist is just dying, stinging. What's those up? Big. Well, just those. I mean, those I've always felt this way. Certain bar chords to hold if you're really trying oh, to yeah. dig into them. You have yeah, to squeeze a bit. And right, right. You do that for a few minutes. And, yeah, and especially for the the. Those positions for sure. I just I've ditched bar chords altogether, and I'll just do that open G, you know, with that, yeah. I let the ring just kind of that fifths, and then I just bring that guy back. Man, you know you know what you gotta get. Uh, do you know about the arm aid? What is this? No. Oh man, so uh, it's this big contraption to uh, massage your own forearms, because hmm. part of the problem with like forearm massage is that by massaging one you're, you're like wearing working out the, the other. other one and so basically there's a this contraption that you strap to your leg and then it uh um it has these two arms and one of them has like a roller on one side and one of them has a pressure point on the other side so you thread your arm through it and then you squeeze it from the top and uh yeah you can just work that pressure point into you know all the tender parts of your forearm you still have to squeeze it though you do, but it it's super light. Oh, okay. It's like with this hand, you're you're not really working because the lever arm is long enough that you're like not really having to apply yeah, any force. So you have this thing. I do. Yeah, it's great. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's uh, it's like the only way that I can do this and still go like climbing, climbing. and mountain biking every day, roughly. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, man. Um, I would love to hear more about just positioning as a musician and, and more pursuing the longevity and, and correct posture and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And we'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's something that I'm super passionate about. Um, honestly, it kind of came, I guess, as a result of like just being in pain, you know? Yeah, it's like, I'll do it. Yeah, it just drives you to start like, you know, digging through the world to try to find like, okay, what can help me get out of pain? Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part, like, a, I guess that journey led me to um, Kelly Starrett's book, Becoming a Supple Leopard. I got that. You got it? I haven't gotten into it. but Oh, I, dude, yeah. You gotta shed that book, man. I mean, it's huge. It's like yeah. probably 400 or 500 pages or something. Wow. 
But um, when I started reading it, I was like obsessed with it, you know? And uh, I think I've read it like cover to cover now, like, I don't know, number five, five times. Wow. You know? Which, yeah, it's like, it's not a book that you would read cover to cover. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But uh, it's a good sign that you're passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so obviously, like Kelly Storette, he's a physical therapist and a CrossFit guy. Um, and so everything, he's, he's a movement coach and he applies all these movement principles to CrossFit and like working out. Um, but eventually I realized that like, well, Hey, all this stuff applies to, I mean, everything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and especially music and like how you play the drums. Cause drumming is such a physical instrument. Um, and then you just you know, look around your life at like your friends and your teachers and stuff. And like so many people have problems, you know? Um, and, and then you, you think like, okay, maybe, maybe those problems come from the way they're moving, mm-hmm. you know? And if you accept that idea, then it's kind of dark it's like, well, the way you play your instrument is hurting you. But it's like, well, but you also could probably do something about that. You know, you can make a different choice, yeah, a different like movement decision, um, and maybe things would be better. You know. Uh, so then I became obsessed with the idea of uh, writing a book about that, uh, which I've been working on for That's a couple right. years now, um, and I'm really trying to kind of distill everything that I've found into like a method, you know, Mm -hmm. or like a set of ideas um, that you can really apply to like the drum set or guitar or piano or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, so is it kind of building off of the stuff you learned in that Supple Leopard book and then applying it it to certain things? Yeah, a lot of it's from that. Um, But I mean, you know, if you like dive into the world of, of movement coaches... Um, essentially they all say the same shit, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's like FM Alexander or like Kelly Starrett or Ido Portal or whatever. I mean, they they all come to like kind of a consensus about like how <laughs> human body is designed to move, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, What's the consensus? Is Is it, can I guess that it's mostly just about eliminating like bottleneck points or yeah so uh you know and supple leopard he he talks through um an organizing procedure that you can go through um to actually get all the structures of your body into good positions um and uh you know because posture is like pretty poorly defined you know if you talk Mm -hmm. to people about posture the extent of the instruction that most people get is like sit up straight you know which which often simply like results in uh an overextension fault in the lumbar spine Mm. so we sit up straight and we just like overextend you know that's me it's just not like you know necessarily achieving the desired outcome Mm -hmm. you know um 
And as I'm not saying that slouching is better, right? Because that's like posterior pelvic tilt and lumbar collapse the other direction. But you want to find that neutral position, you know. Is yeah. that a, is that a big like core strengthening? It's it's thing? not so much about strength. It's uh, really just about knowing thing. where the position is. Yeah, um, which takes a lot of practice. You oh, know, really? I mean, so it's really a shed. It's a shed. Yeah, I mean, like you, you know, I like for a long time was just like laying on the floor, like practicing, like moving my core around until it felt like, oh yeah, that feels good. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you have to deal with how you're stacking your rib cage, mm-hmm. like your thoracic spine. Um, yeah, T1 through 12, um, that's your thoracic spine. And your thoracic spine is like uh, what your ribs hang off of, what mm-hmm. your rib cage is connected to. Um, and then underneath that is your lumbar spine. That's like your lower back. That's L1 through 5. Um, and then underneath that is essentially your tailbone. Um, and so balancing the way those, uh, parts of the spine sit on top of each other is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of a natural S curve in the spine. Um, and what happens to a lot of us, especially as musicians is that S curve just turns into like a C, you know, Hmm. and we do that thing, I and think then I like, got a nice C going on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So the idea of you know optimal spinal positioning is more complicated than sit up straight, right? Um, and so I think one of the things that Kelly Starrett does really well is he teaches this bracing sequence. Um, he teaches it to athletes, right? But it like applies to everyone. You know, and it applies to musicians. And so it's how do you get into uh, a braced neutral spinal position? Um, Because if you don't do that first, then there's no way you'll be able to set up your hands or your shoulder or your elbow in an optimal plane position, you know? Um, And, and, you know, so often the way we teach technique uh, to kids and the way we're taught technique is like, just you know how to hold the stick and how to hit the drum and it so it's like everything from here down you know right but it's like i don't know you you could just be completely ignoring the fact that your shoulder is like rolled forward and internally rotated you know um and like in jordan peterson's new book chapter one is uh all about posture stand up straight with your shoulders back right um and yeah, it turns out like that's good advice, you know. <laughs> um, but but you know, if you read Supple Leopard and like kind of shed Kelly Starrett at all, you see that the position of your shoulders is just one aspect of posture, mm. you know. And it is a big aspect. Like the position of your shoulders essentially controls the uh, position of your thoracic spine. Because if your shoulders roll forward, your mm. thoracic spine rolls over. And you see that in a lot of people who just like, walk around like that, you know, yeah. your shoulders roll forward. And then um, it's kind of like what you said earlier about avoiding bottlenecks, mm-hmm. right? So when your shoulder rolls forward, you do create this big bottleneck right here. And so all the nerves and vessels that run out to your hands, you know, they start in your brain 
and they pass uh it's like that band of vessels and nerves is called the brachial plexus and it essentially passes like underneath your collarbone across the front of your shoulder and when your shoulder is forward like that you're just like throwing stuff in the in its way <laughs> you know um but if your shoulder's back and externally rotated, um, you just clear a path for all that, you know. Mm. That was that was my path for sure. I, <laughs> yeah. I, my freshman year of college, well, and, and senior year of high school, I had really bad hand problems, mm. which made me think I was going to have to leave school, and it was yeah. tragic at the time. Yeah. And long term, it's it's very much posture stuff that I feel like is most important, like even more important than stretching my hands specifically. Sure. Yeah. But at the time, it was the tens unit. That fixed it like that. Have you ever you no. explored those? No, I don't know about that. Yeah, are you familiar with them? No, they're these little. It's like electrode therapy. I think they call okay. it where you stick these little electrodes, and and I even used them with another doctor, and they didn't yeah. do anything. But then I went to this one hand therapist. She put one right on my hand, mm-hmm. one right here, and she said the idea was you got unhealthy tissue here and healthy tissue here, and then the setting it feels like you have like a shock yeah. in your hand. Yeah, is that 126 beats per minute? <laughs> and it, she said it just kind of recycled the blood between the two tissues interesting and after doing that yeah uh, like two years of yeah. struggling was right. just like it was just gone that's great man is it, i mean you could do i think accomplish a similar result with that arm aid that i talked about earlier that's mm. why i i bought the thing i mean yeah. it's pretty overpriced it's like a hundred dollars um but i mean i think for musicians it's really important to have you know um because you can essentially just massage all those tissues constantly you know Um, and like you know we said before i'm super into climbing and mountain biking and stuff you know and people don't understand how much mountain biking depends upon your forearms but you're holding on to like a bomb oh yeah you know and riding down like especially the way you do it man i see your videos (laughs) (laughs) what's that guy doing (laughs) um and so, uh, yeah, I mean, the amount of just work that your forearms are doing, you know, to make that happen. And then, obvi- I mean, climbing is obvious. Yeah. You know, anyone who's gone yeah. to a climbing gym for a day, it's like, dude, you're broken for like a week afterwards, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> it is unbelievable. I it's mean, unbelievable, yeah. What, what's the rating system again for climbing? For, so for bouldering, it's like a V it's system. Right, v. So it starts at V0 and goes up to like, I think, I'm, I think like I'm a solid team. My par is a V2. Is that yeah. how you call that? Dude, that's great, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't V7 like the baddest of the badass? Uh, well, I think a, a 17 is the highest oh. one that exists now. I could be wrong uh, about that. It might be a 16, but what, I think what, there's a 17. Record, dude? Um, I'm like this close to doing a 7. Uh yeah, I almost that's got it. That's gnarly, last week. man. That's I think that's the highest I've ever seen at a gym. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's some like the the gym that I climb at, you'll see like tens like sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um then again, I, I mean, I've done it 3 times. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. My uh one of my goals for this year, my new year's resolution was to climb a V10, which That's awesome. It's, yeah, I mean, we'll see if it happens or not. I mean, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where, like... Did you get a Spider-Man suit after that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, at, it's at the top of the climb. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's at the top of the climb. It's just waiting it. up there, yeah. yeah. But, uh, y- you know, that's one of those goals where, like, even if it doesn't happen at the 
like worst case scenario, I just won't still be climbing yeah, V6s like a year from now. I'll be better. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe I'll be doing sevens and eights, you know. Mm-hmm. But the difference in each tier is like exponential, man. Yeah. And the the amount of time it takes to build up the strength in your connective tissues to be able to do that is like, I mean, so long. It's almost unfathomable, you know. Because mm. um, your muscles adapt way faster than like your tendons and your ligaments do, right? Because um, I think uh, they they just receive such so much less circulation. Um, so your muscles like adapt to things super well, but eventually they get too strong for your own good, and then you get tendonitis. You know, and so tendons attach muscles to bones, right? And so if your muscles are super strong relative to your tendons, then they start to, you know, essentially like pull the tendon away from the bone and that's tendonitis or the, or the tendon gets injured, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's a, a problem that I've been coming up against as I I'm like, all right, I think I want to level up, you know, yeah. and you do something harder and then it's like, oh, okay, now I'm injured, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't get worse. Right. And then you have to like, you know, play a gig. Right. You I mean, you've yeah. chosen two sports that yeah. are kind of dangerous for... Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> I really want to get into BJJ, but Dude, refuse yeah. to just sure. because it's yeah. all hand injuries. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why would I start yeah. something where 90% of the injuries are hand injuries, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. I've thought about that too. Which is even, you know, snowboarding just means something different to me now. Yeah. Than sure. when I was 16, not sure. really thinking about it. It's like, yep. I'm going to have to baby these things. That's why I'm just a simple pool swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> Give him my speedo. <laughs> well, I mean, even in the pool, I mean, shoulder injuries are the most common thing, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, I right. That was, yeah. I guess that makes sense because you're just rotating that thing yeah. for days. Yeah. But, the, but you're you not know, holding to a bomb. <laughs> that's true, yeah. But having good shoulder mechanics is essential for swimming, you know? Yeah. Man, yeah. I... I Ryan is much better about this than me, but definitely posturing is something I, mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel it for sure. Yeah, like if I'm if I've been playing for, like have a week of heavy playing, it's like by yeah. the end I'm like, what is going on in my body, dude? And touring, touring, it's like no oh, man, terrible. Yeah. Just I mean, because you're sitting all yeah, the time. Exactly. That's you're sitting the real all the time. I, that, like. I think that is yeah. It's yeah. the sitting all the time between yeah. teaching, right. driving, right. and then just shedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I first moved in here, I had one of those Aerons, those classic like studio chairs, and I had a, a center desk that didn't motorize to go up. Mm. And the first six months I moved in here, same thing. I already felt it a little bit, and I knew I was pretty bad with posture stuff. But then it was like, I felt like a hunchback after six months of sitting here. And I, yeah, for me, I had to just sell that chair because if I had any chair that offered me a nice support, I just couldn't stand. I would be yeah. like, I would always just sit in that thing. So I had to right. get rid of the chair just to be like, you have no right. other option but to sit on a bench yeah. or to stand. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the same thing I try to do with my students too is just not give them, ideally I just want them to sit on a bench where they don't have a back. Yeah. So they they can't slouch because it's so hard. You have a little kid and you're, he, he, he might spend two seconds sitting up and then he's immediately on the couch right. and then you're wrestling him to get back. No, dude, that's a yeah. good call. Yeah. it's a very good call. I don't think it really, I'm, I am curious about this. In terms of like the best uh, chair, I know, I've been thought, thinking about it for playing guitar in, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything better than just a piano bench. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a flat padded bench, right? A flat uh, and ideally minimally padded. Really? Yeah. In one of Kelly Surrett's books, he talks about like chair choice a lot, and he says the best option would just be like a wooden chair, and you'd be sitting at the edge of the chair, yeah. such that like the gap between, uh, like the crease, the bottom crease of your butt would be at the edge of the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I call those the folds. The folds. The butt folds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sweat crease. Yeah. <laughs> Swass. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Is that our cue? I think that's our cue. Do a little right. more jamming. Yeah.
there she is. And there she was. Let's do another spacer. Spacer song. Okay. Let's do something. Let's see. Um, Let's just do one more.
spicy. That's that was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I hope you enjoyed part one of our very first episode. If you did, let me guarantee you part two will not fail to deliver. We get into mm-hmm. some pretty intense electric jams that I know we both very much enjoyed. Yeah, I think I think the key word for next week is soulful. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, just a reminder, you can find us on all the common social media platforms. Again, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we'll keep you updated with new clips and new episodes there. Um, also, update, I have a show coming up April 15th, I'm opening up for Mark Cohn at the Rose Theater in Pasadena. would love to see my Southern California people there. Yeah. And... See you next week for another episode of the Wave Riders Podcast.